Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid comes from Ball Team, your builder of all faith-based construction needs. Learn more at buildwithball.com. Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father PJ, good morning. Good morning, Father. This is on a very scientific week. We have a lot of saints, but we have also the archangels festivity as well. And also we have the procession from Christ the King to the to the location for St. Michael the Archangel devotion that you have been leading for certain several years. So let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who dispose in marvelous order ministries both angelic and human, graciously grant that our life on earth may be defended by those who watch over us as they minister perpetually to you in heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So first of all, the Holy Mother, the Church, have an, a clear definition about angels and archangels. That means angiological interpretation about the supernatural manifestations. Why sounds a little bit confused for us as a Christian, colloquial lay people, to confuse in a superstition manner, you know, in more uh, majestically use these archangels versus real, it may I said, advocates or protectors as well? I think it's first important to acknowledge that um, we are in the great minority for most of human history in that most people for most of history have simply taken for granted that there are supernatural beings that we can't see at least most of the time who have an immediate and direct impact on the world. They show up in virtually every culture, every time and every place. Um, in Ireland, in the British Isles, where my people are from, they're called fairies. Um, you have people, your creatures like this in most of Latin America too. They have different names depending sure. on whether you're in Mexico or South America. Um, the Far East ha have, have, have their own versions. The, uh, the, the Semitic peoples from which the Jews and later the, the faith is derived have creatures like this too. Some of them get identified with angels the way we think of them now. Others, um, you know, this is much more common in, in the Islamic world, though it still is, is popular in, in, in some Jewish and Christian circles too, uh, about genies um, or the jinn, which, which is the same kind of idea. The reason I'm saying that is because when the church then um, probes and prays over the experience of the church, what it says is there are times, some of this is, are, are clearly people making up explanations for things they don't understand. But some of this really reflects real experience. Like when the, when the Blessed Mother had this encounter and she found out she was going to bear the Son of God, like something happened there that was real. And so over time, the church has developed a, a very clear sort of definition, right? An angel is an individual substance of a rational nature. It is something like a person without a body. Um, and the reason that's important is because angels are not physical beings the way that you and I are. People don't become angels when they die. 
angels, even when they interact with the with the the physical world, don't become persons. So like the 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 archangel Raphael, who's kept as part of his feast, whose story is told in the book of Tobit, um, he didn't like possess some guy the way a demon would. Um, but he made himself manifest in order to help save Tobit and Tobias and Sarah and, and, and the family. The reason this is important for us is because the church is very clear, uh, especially in her liturgy, the, we still interact with the angels. And they're still an integral and essential part of each of our lives, especially since each of us has a guardian angel. This is my follow-up question for you. Each of us has our guardian angel. Mm-hmm. It's true or it's an... Uh and a fabula that the priests have two guardian angels? It, since Chrysostom, it, it's been the common teaching that, uh, that, that, that at, 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 at ordination, uh, an angel, uh, an extra angel sort of is deputed to, to each priest um, in order to, to assist him in his ministry. Um, and, and some of the more, most ancient prayers of the church actually reflect this. In the old rites, say for the blessing of a house, the, the priest actually calls on his guardian angel to be with him so that he might perform the service that he's about to do sort of worthily and well. Wow. Um, in, the, in the right for the blessing of a school or a library or a, a new seminary or an institution like that, the priest sort of assigns, the priest assigns an angel. May your holy angels come here uh, to preside over this place with light. Okay. So the priest is assigning an angel to now be the guardian angel of the seminary or of this library or the school or whatever. Um, so every year when I bless the school again, I think this place is chock full of angels. There's just angels running all over the place, right? right. Um, and I think that's especially important for us as priests because um, we, we are interacting with the angels all the time, whether we realize it or not. So obviously it would be better for us should we realize it and kind of lean into it. It's beautiful how you describe that because sometimes, uh, sometimes no, I grew up with a tradition to each night pray to me, my guardian mm-hmm. angel, mm-hmm. not only to sleep well, also in gratitude that he was with me during the day mm-hmm. and I expect him with him again have it during the night and the, and the follow day. So this is a relationship between nature, human being, mm-hmm. versus supernature, God's creation. As well. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. That you know, the, we 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 want to sort of hoe a middle road here. Um, it, it is popular, common rather, um, uh, uh, that people ha- uh, like. There's a certain degree of superstition that can surround the angels, especially in the New Age movement. Angels get co-opted uh, almost exactly. as like demigods or something like that. That's not what the church is after. Um, uh, but but the opposite version of this, where like angels are as made up as fairies. That's not true either. Like the church is really insistent that angels are real. Literally at every mass, we both call upon them, greet them, and have something to do with them. Um, Muslims, actually, if you watch very carefully, so when Muslims make their salat, they bow down uh, on their rugs and then they turn to the left and to the right. Um, uh, they're greeting the angels on either side of them. That's That's what that action is for. And this is probably the origin of the gesture uh, in our tradition, when saying the confidier, uh, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, of, of, of nodding your head to the left and to the right, the, 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 this, would, this would be acknowledging the angels who are seated, as it were, to your right and to your left. Um, 
So, so we should interact with our angels, but, but we shouldn't be superstitious or, or kind of uh, spastic around the way that we interact with them. We should just take their existence for granted as we do other people and talk to them just like we would to the people that we live and work with. Iowa Catholic Radio, Be Not Afraid. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. In this context of the angels and archangels, so we approaching the festivity of the three archangels. First of all, archangels means... So, so that prefix, uh, prefix uh, arc, yes. right, um, it means something like super. <laughs> super, okay. So, 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 you know, an archangel is something like an archbishop. It's the same. It's it's the same move here, right? Okay. So so you know, an archbishop is a bishop of a special dignity whose whose diocese is especially important, right? An archangel is one whose mission is especially important uh, and especially universal, with sort of universal scope for the rest of the church. So we have the first one, and one of the 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 big popular popular mm -hmm. archangels. San Michael, the name of the archangels, Michael, means in Hebrew, who is like unto God. And he is also known as the prince of the heavenly host. He is usually pictured as a strong warrior dressed in armor and wearing sandals. His name appears in a scripture four times, twice in the book of Daniel and once each of the epistle of St. Jude and the book of Revelation. From Revelation, we learn of the battle in heaven with St. Michael and his angels combating Lucifer and the other fallen angels or devils. We invoke St. Michael to help us in our fight against Satan, to rescue souls from Satan, especially at the hour of death, to be the champion of the Jews in the Old Testament and now Christian, and to bring souls to judgment. So Michael's role in the life of the church is very, very important. One of the things about the angels, especially the archangels, which, which you'll see, uh, is that the names all end in L. Um, and, uh, and, and this is not the pronoun in Spanish, L. Um, this is the L in Hebrew is the generic word for God. Okay. Um, Uh, and so, 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 so Michael's name is actually a kind of a double entendre. Okay. So it, it, it means literally who is like, or who is like unto God. Uh -huh. And it is both the rallying cry that this angel used when the great battle arose in heaven. It's, it's, it's like he taunts Satan and says, who is like God? Meaning not you, Satan, right? And at the same time, because he's the leader of the armies that stay faithful to God, he becomes more like God. Mm -hmm. So, so, so it, it's both his rallying cry and a descriptor of himself. Uh, Saint Augustine is very, very clear that the word angel refers not so much to their genus, to the kind of thing that they are, as to their mission, because angels always carry a message, uh, and, and, and and in fact, angel and apostle are, are very, very closely related etymologically, and we can even see in the word apostle, post, like postal. So okay. angels are always delivering messages on behalf of someone else. Michael's often featured with a sword. He's also sometimes featured with a thurible, with an incensor. Okay. And the reason for that is 
in the liturgical life of the church, I mean, in, in the book of Revelation, he's holding a censer, and, and in the liturgical life of the church, he's associated with the incense. So every time the priest incenses something, he says a prayer basically asking Michael to take the smoke of the incense to join with the sacrifice that's taking place in the heavenly court. Father, uh, Leo thirteen, Pope Leo thirteen, uh, bring us or give us an amazing legacy about and a particular prayer of deliverance and exorcisms as well. So uh, Leo XIII had a series of visions uh, toward the end of his life um, pertaining to the great evils of the 20th century, things that we would now especially identify both with Soviet communism and with the Holocaust and the rise of, of Nazism and fascism. And so he, uh, he, he, he created, this is way kind of reduced, but kind of three large sets of prayers one affected the actual rite of exorcism and the way things would work like in the, in the church's explicit ministry of deliverance. Another was a kind of more generic uh, exorcism that could be done of people in places and, and that was really just meant to stave off this experience of evil that he sensed was coming. And then the one that would be most familiar for people would be what everybody thinks of as the St. Michael prayer, the Oracion de San Miguel, um, yeah. uh, uh, at the end of Mass. The thing is that it's, and I think this is important, this is not meant to like poke people and say right or wrong, it's just good to kind of have in your head. Um, the St. Michael prayer at the end of Mass was never a thing that was done all by itself. It was part of a longer series of prayers, um, which we still use at Christ the King, uh, and, and it was attached to low Mass, not high Mass. So basically, if there was a recessional, you wouldn't use it because the recessional is kind of taking the place of it, and then the priest would have other prayers he says okay. in the sacristy. But this would be for what today we think of as like daily mass or simple mass maybe, right? Um, and, and so if you don't have any kind of a recessional or a solemn blessing or something like that, then the priest and the people, as soon as the mass is done, would kneel down and they would say three Hail Marys, uh, a, a Hail Holy Queen, and then... The Saint, sorry, you know, three Hail Marys, the Hail Holy Queen. There's a collect that's about the liberty and exaltation of the church. So it's, it's a prayer for the defense, not just of us, like as individuals, but of the church and the church's mission. And then, uh, and then the St. Michael prayer, followed by the invocation of the Sacred Heart. The idea here is we're calling upon St. Michael, not just as like God's answer to the boogeyman who is the devil, but is the protector of the church and that for all the suffering that the world has known in the last century, century and a half, it's the church who really suffers most because she suffers with and in uh, her, her children who suffer. Speaking about the archangels, also we have another, San Gabriel, the archangel. Uh, his name means God is my strength. Biblically, he appears three times as a messenger. He had been sent to Daniel to explain a vision concerning the Messiah. He appeared to Zechariah when he was offering incense in the temple to foretell the birth of his son, St. John the Baptist. St. Gabriel is most known as the angel chosen by God to be the messenger of the Annunciation to announce to mankind the mystery of the Incarnation. So St. Gabriel is probably the one most associated with, like, messengers. That's why uh, he's, he's so tied up with Catholic communications. And, and, and so he's, um, he, he, he's the great advocate, especially of us who are speaking now, because he's the one who helps bring the good news, first, foremost, and always, to the rest of the world. So 
speaking about St. Gabriel, this is another archangel connected to the life as well. Because in based on the Annunciation main role, this is the, also the Archangel of Life as well. I mean, it's the words of the Archangel Gabriel that are on our lips whenever we recite the Hail Mary. Correct. So, so we repeat the words of the angel to the Blessed Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Um, so so um, especially through the recitation of the Angelus, uh, morning, noon, and night, um, we sort of recognize the, the message of the angel and, and the role of St. Gabriel in the life of the church. Um, and so he remains really essential, uh, not just in the life of the church, but in all of our lives individually as well. The, the festival that we keep this week names explicitly St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and of course St. Raphael, um, uh, who is important for us here in Iowa because the, the mother church of Iowa in many ways, the Cathedral of St. Raphael in Dubuque, um, is, 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 is dedicated to his name and memory. Um, I remember when I was a student at Loris, uh, a lady came into the chapel one day and she asked where the crypt was. Uh, and I, I gave her directions because <laughs> there is a crypt under the, under, under the altar at, at the college, but it's for the people that paid for the college, right? And so she goes downstairs and she comes back up and she says, no, not, 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 not that one, the one where he's buried. Well, the only he I can think of she's talking about is Bishop Loris. And I said, oh, well, he's not buried here. He's buried down under the cathedral. And so she goes down to the cathedral and she wanders around for a while and she comes back up and she says, she says, there's nobody there but dead bishops. And I said, well, that's right. And she said, I want to know where St. Raphael's buried. And I said, oh, that's going to be a problem. So, okay. so, so to be clear, the, the angels, the archangels uh, here are named as saints, not because they're saints in the ordinary sense of the word saint, as in a deceased Christian who now lives eternal life forever in joy with God. But because that word saint simply means holy, so this is a it's it's vocative, right? It's uh-huh. a form of direct address. So when we call them Saint Michael, Saint Gabriel, or Saint Raphael, we're saying, "Holy angel, help me." Saint Raphael, especially, uh, of course, his story is especially recorded in the Book of Tobit. Correct. His mission as wonderful healer and um, fellow traveler with the youthful Tobias has caused him to be invoked for journeys and at critical moments in life. Traditionally, also holds that Raphael is the angel that stirred the waters at the healing sheep pool in Bethsaida. His name means God has healed. So, of course, the story, uh, the story that takes place in the book of Tobit, right, is that, is, is that the old man gets um, bird droppings in his eyes that cause him to go blind, and so his son has to go on a kind of a quest to get the medicine that'll help heal his father's eyesight. In the course of which he meets this character that turns out to be the archangel Raphael, but he doesn't know that at the outset. Wow. And likewise, sort of gets the girl. And so it's it's this it's this grand sort of um, return. Um, and so he's associated with all the healing bits. So he's associated with the pool in Bethesda. He's associated devotionally in the church with with the healing springs at Lourdes, as though Saint Raphael is the one that sort of pumps the water. Uh, to, to bring the healing water to people at Lourdes. So it's very interesting. The symbols and representation from St. Raphael, staff, wallet, and fish, staff, and girth, archangel, young men carrying a staff, young men carrying a fish, walking with Tobias, holding a bottle or flags, symbolic colors, gray or yellow. Yeah. That's right, um, and and you'll see all of those motifs in some way or other at the at the cathedral in Dubuque. So it's worth it's worth going to see. Uh, Father Samuel Mazzucchelli, who uh, 
who was the first priest permanently assigned between the two rivers, so, so in what's now Iowa, is the one who built that church in Dubuque. And he also built, he, he had a great devotion to the archangels, so he also built St. Michael's Church in Galena, which is on the Illinois side of the river, still there, and uh, and St. Gabriel's in, um, uh, I think it's in Eau Claire, it's on the Wisconsin side. Um, but there's this great devotion to the angels, and you can see from 150 years ago, the same kind of devotion and the same kind of art and architecture um, even built into these churches. So we have St. Raphael appeared to Tobit, St. Gabriel the Archangel to the Blessed Virgin Mary. St. Michael the Archangel have an special grotto in Italy as well, you know, mm -hmm. that he manifested. So we're talking about supernatural, real expression of life from heaven to us through these three archangels. Yeah, supernatural manifestations, the presence of these other beings sort of in our midst, which is which is what they're really kind of driving us uh, to, to, to focus on. Um, I think that's especially important um, uh, in, in light of how things work today. Um, the angels make themselves manifest today primarily, primarily in the context of the liturgy, where we sing with the angels um, the, the, the song that they taught to the prophet Isaiah, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. But I, I don't want to skip one of very interesting ones that we have in this context. And uh, as you know, you know very familiar with him. I mean, before to join us as a priest from the Diocese of Des Moines, the other preachers mm -hmm. found that in, for instance, San Jerome. Mm -hmm. San Jerome also is a great saint in the context of this supernatural presence, have a special role for us in terms of biblical roots as well. You so know? Saint, Saint Jerome, uh, in a certain sense, lived the life of the angels. Okay. Uh, the, the, the monastic life, especially in the ancient church, so being a monk and especially a hermit, this was considered to be the angelic life. It was like if you lived on your own uh, with, with no one but God, the angels were your, were, were your housemates. And so, and so Jerome um, calls upon the inspiration of the angels to help him understand the scriptures as he makes the Vulgate, which is the Latin translation of the Bible, which is the one that has the most impact really on the whole church, both East and West. Um, uh, but, but also that he doesn't think Jerome is important ways, a biblical scholar in the way we would think of today. And it's also very much not like a biblical scholar in the way that we think of today, because most Bible scholars today, uh, in order to, to maintain their credibility would not, would never admit to talking to the angels before they started a translation, but Jerome wouldn't do one without doing so. And so I think in that way, he's a great model, example, and intercessor for us. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Approaching the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, in the second reading in this, in this time, the letter from St. Paul to the Philippians, chapter 2, Verses 1 to 11. Brothers and sisters, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any solace in love, any participation in the Spirit, any compassion and mercy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, with the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing. Do nothing out of selfishness or out of vainglory. Rather, humbly regard others as more important than yourselves each looking out not for his own interests, but also for those of others. 
have in you the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Coming in human likeness and found human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend of those in heaven and under earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Looks like a very interesting warning, <laughs> warning or alert. What are you doing? You know, you are not a, a, a simple people. You are chosen by God. So must be aware. What are you doing to praise God versus to avoid God's graces? St. Paul utilizes here what is universally recognized as a hymn and which most scholars today and many of the fathers of the church understood to be a hymn, not that St. Paul writes here, but that he already knew, presumably taught to him by his fellow Christians when he first converted. Though in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. And for at least the last 1,500 years, it's the song the church has sung every Saturday night in preparation for the Sunday Sabbath. Uh, It's a sort of recognition of the incarnation, and it's only in light of the incarnation that the Paschal mystery can be made manifest in the church and in the world. But he directs it, he places this hymn, not at random, in the epistle, but as a kind of admonition to the people to whom he's writing. You do what he does. Have in your own hearts and minds what is in the heart and mind of Christ Jesus. That, insert the rest of this. It's uh, frequent in each exhortation from St. Paul to the different letters that send it, the word obedient. Uh-huh. If the word obedient, obedient is an, a kindly or friendly reminder to be discipleship based on discipline people to follow Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Obviously, he encouraged us to be aware of prayer, but at the same time said, very in a remarkable manner, be obedient obedient call my attention that moment when he said becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross obedient means the extreme sacrifice not colloquially and a moment to fulfill certain labor i think one of the most important skills for the christian to develop is the ability to say no to oneself So the more that we can submit our will to the will of another, the better off we are. Not because it's not important at times to stand up for ourselves or to stand up to injustice or speak truth to power, any of those things. There's absolutely times that's all called for. But the danger with every one of those is that most of us are pretty consumed with pride pretty much of the time. So it's very hard to do that, even if it's necessary, without falling into some species of sin. Hmm. Whereas it's pretty easy... Uh, to submit our will to the will of another, especially uh, another whom we trust, um, uh, without having to worry about that. And so so I try and find ways to be obedient, even to people who by rights owe me obedience. So 
my associate pastors, my secretary, um, to, to, to not to denigrate my own office, and they'll be happy to tell you there are times I, I can wield authority when I need to, but so that when I do, when I am called upon to wield real authority or exercise power, I do so with honest humility, with, with, with sincere respect and care for those over whom I govern. Honoring the human beings. Honoring the, their dignity as human beings, recognizing that it, it takes humility on the part of the other to submit their will to mine. And I know this from experience because I frequently submit my will to that of the other. I've talked about this uh, in preaching a lot before, friends, but here's, here's how I exercise this most often. When I go to the store, I get in the longest line. And it forces me, in a certain sense, to be submissive to the people in line ahead of me, which is not something I would be inclined to do on my own. And that is a very good example because sometimes we are in a presumption attitude that I have to be attended by first. I'm in a hurry. My job is more important. Nobody, know, nobody knows what happened in my life. Uh, I mean, I want to let you know what, what, what I need to figure it out this as soon as possible. Pay attention to me. Can you imagine customer service? Yeah, no, wow. exactly, wow. exactly. And wow. so it's also part of the reason to be very, very patient with each other when you can see someone who's struggling with this because, because we all know what it's like. And this is hard work. This is some of the hardest work of the Christian life. Putting yourself in the shoes of others. That means love also in terms of charity, the struggle for others as well. Bingo. Uh, friends, I'd like uh, to issue a special invitation uh, this Saturday, anybody who's available. Um, we have this tradition at Christ the King of a walking, and we've added biking, pilgrimage from uh, Christ the King, the grotto at Christ the King, to a shrine uh, to St. Michael that's been set up um, on a farm uh, down south by Indianola. Um, so we'll we'll start around midnight, uh, call the office for more details, but people will gather in the middle of the night at, at the grotto and we'll say a prayer uh, and, and I'll bless the pilgrims and then they'll walk from Des Moines to Indianola um, uh, to the shrine, take an hour, an hour and a half to kind of rest and get ourselves refreshed and then we'll celebrate mass out there uh, on the farm and, uh, and honor St. Michael and the other angels and call upon them for their help and intercession. Father, could you please send us with your blessing? May the powerful intercession of Our Lady, the Queen of the Angels, St. Joseph, Saints Raphael, Michael, uh, and, and, and Gabriel, and of all the angels and all the saints, grant that whatever good you do or suffering you endure should heal you all of your sins, help you to grow in holiness, and bring you to everlasting life, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Be not afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Go forward. And Be Not Afraid. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid comes from Ball Team, your builder of all faith-based construction needs. Learn more at buildwithball.com.